You get a layoff, and you get a layoff. Everybody gets a layoff. Today, we're talking about layoffs because that is happening. Every 2.3 seconds, another company announces massive tech layoffs. This is the Lunduke Journal of Technology podcast for January 20th, the year of our Lord 2023, brought to you in part by all of you and absolutely not one of the big tech companies that are laying everybody off <laughs> seriously go go get a subscription go to lunduke.substack.com or lunduke.locals.com and kablammy click on the buttons of power and get yourself some subscriptions i i, I know i know a lot of you do and you keep the lights on around here at the lunduke journal you make all of this possible so if you haven't yet Go grab your subscription. Either Locals or Substack works great. They're both fantastic sites. Substack gives you nice, nice, pretty article layouts and everything gets delivered to your email inbox. Locals, you get the cool little Locals community. They're both fantastic. There's really no wrong way to go. And either way, you are supporting one of the only truly independent tech journalists working today. And that's got to feel pretty good. All right, let's talk about these layoffs. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one little thing here. Let me bring up a little tab. There's my tab. I'm going over to layoffs.fyi. <laughs> this, this website is great. It's a little side project by a guy who, who put this together. And he is tracking with a nice little spreadsheet and everything all of the layoffs over the last two years. Well, over the last like year and a half. Well, over the last year plus a month, 2022 and 2023, and he's tracking it by date, total number of people laid off, the company, all with links to where it's reported and all of it. It's a really fantastic way, and he keeps updating it. He's, he like updates this thing uh, almost within seconds of the companies announcing the layoffs. It's just truly phenomenal. And earlier this week, I wrote an article that I entitled, let me look this up again, the big, the big tech layoffs are just beginning and that may not be such a bad thing in the long run. And that was, again, just two days ago. Since that time, we have had massive rounds of layoffs. The biggest ones, we've had Capital One. Capital One laid off 1,100 people. Well, uh, layoff is a strong word. What Capital One is doing is they're giving everyone in in their IT departments and dev and all that sort of thing, about, about 1,100 of them, the opportunity to change roles within the company and go work for some, some other part of the company. Now, will most of them do that? No, probably not. Most of them, most of them are probably just going to be effectively laid off. Uh, Wayfair. Wayfair laid off 1,750 people, 10% of its workforce. That just happened this morning. And then a couple hours after that, Google, or Alphabet rather, announced 12,000 employees were being laid off. And they just, like, they all got notified of it within, like, a couple hours of each other. All these, all these Google employees just got this flood of emails, and they all immediately turned to Twitter to complain about it. And I don't blame them. <coughs> Excuse me. I really don't blame them. Being laid off is not 
fun, especially when it's a total surprise, you know, when it just comes out of left field. Um, one poor guy, one poor guy was over on Twitter and he was like, man, I, I was just about to do my performance reviews. I was expecting to get really high marks. That means probably like a raise or something. And like, and then boom, laid off. Right. And so people are upset. There are, there are many people who up until this morning worked at Google on Twitter, a swearing up a storm right now. And this is not not the first of it, right? I mean, we've had, uh, what, what was it, on the 18th, two days ago, we had Microsoft with 10,000 employees. Um, what, what else did we have? We had Coinbase. Um, looking down the line a little bit further, we had uh, oh, geez, just so many companies. you got to go to layoffs.fyi. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Coinbase, Parler, um, Infomatica did a bunch of layoffs. A whole bunch. Amazon, Soundboard, Salesforce laid off 8,000 employees just a couple weeks ago. That's 10% of its workforce. Amazing. And here's the crazy thing. This is, this is what's nuts. This is, in total, in the tech sector, this is a, a, totaling around 55,000 people that have currently been laid off since January one. Uh, spread out between about 154 companies. Most of those layoffs are all coming from about four firms, Salesforce, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. This is just ramping up, guys. And and I I, I don't say that from a doom and gloom perspective, because this is not a doom and gloom scenario. It is, however, a really, really rough period of time and a lot of people, a lot more people are going to lose their jobs over the next, I think, about a month and a half between now and the end of February. And the reasons for that are extraordinarily simple and so stupidly obvious that honestly, all of us really in the back of our heads were expecting this. Really? It, and it, it doesn't even have anything to do with the economy, though the economy factors into it. I mean, but I mean, the cost of eggs doesn't go up and then all of a sudden people don't need sequel DBAs anymore. Right. <laughs> like there's not like a one to one correlation there. Economy always factors into everything. But the economy, the broader economy is not the driving force here. The problems are based on what has been happening within the broader tech industry over the last many years. And we're not just not just a handful of years, because we've seen a lot of issues crop up over the last two or three years. But I'm talking issues that date back 10 to 15 years, going back close to the year 2000. After we recovered, a lot of you will remember the big dot-com bubble bursting. Right. When there was so many dot coms going IPO, the pets dot coms and the whatnot of the world that were just exploding and having these huge, huge initial stock offerings and crazy large valuations that just had no basis in reality that were not realistically based on what those companies could honestly earn in the market and what their profit could be. 
It was instead all of this crazy speculation and this overhyped anticipation for what could happen with dot-com companies and tech companies. And because that inflation went so high, it eventually, it had to burst. It had to crash. And it did. Once we as a tech industry recovered from that, something changed in the industry, something fundamental. And that is a overall shift in how hiring and firing was done among these big tech companies. So, uh, for example, let's look at, say, Microsoft. Okay, Microsoft, historically, has regularly hired and fired people with great regularity, right? Uh, Hire a bunch of new people, then trim the fat. Sometimes they'd be just a couple of firings here and there. Sometimes it would be mass layoffs. There would be, there was a period of time throughout the 80s and 90s when Microsoft would have a significant round of layoffs every year, every single year. Now, it wasn't so much that we were talking about 10% of the company, But it was enough that Microsoft was able to trim the fat. And when I say trim the fat, I mean multiple things. The first is that it allowed Microsoft to reevaluate. And this uh, many companies were doing this. It allowed them to reevaluate what roles they actually needed to produce the products that were making them money. Because you know how it is when you get within a big organization, people defend their jobs, people defend their roles, managers look to increase the size of their team, no one likes to give up headcount, if a manager gets a headcount of 10 and a budget to go along with it, they will fight tooth and nail to never see that decrease, even if it is in the company's best interest to do so. That manager will seek to increase headcounts, to increase budget, because probably they they like some of their employees or they, they want to have more power themselves and they'd like to give more more jobs out and they'd like to give raises and promotions to the people in their in their in their in their teams that they like or they think are doing a great job. And that's all very reasonable. But when you extrapolate on that to a large company scale. You end up with a situation where these companies are rapidly increasing in size and much of that size is unnecessary for the production of whatever the core business is, for the actual production of revenue, of profit. And the more people you have, the less money you make because you have larger outgoing expenses, right? But it gets worse than that because the the larger your teams get, the less overall productive each individual member of your teams is. It's, it's part of the mythical man month. And that gets, that gets talked about a little bit, but honestly, not nearly enough. And the, the, the core concept of the mythical man month is this. If you have a piece of software, let's say, and you want to ship that piece of software by the end of January... And currently, you're not on track to do so. Throwing a whole bunch of new engineers and new developers and new testers and new project managers at that project is actually going to slow it down nine times out of ten. 
there's a there's a few occasions where you're like, man, I, I just really need more people to push boulders up the hill. But usually, usually, it slows everything down. It makes each individual contributor slower. It makes it difficult because you're having to coordinate amongst larger groups of people with differing viewpoints. The number of meetings increases. The need for documentation increases because the smaller team you have, the less need for documentation there is. And I I know a lot of people are like, well, I want documentation. But yes, documentation is good. But when you have a small team, you can move faster without the documentation. You can you can engineer quickly. It's it's like when you have a singular developer with a with a single vision and a talented engineer sitting down and just starting to hammer away on code. That engineer can often change the world by himself with a good computer. <laughs> 3000 engineers working on the same project a lot of times will just simply never get it done. There, there comes a point where, yes, having many, many people to work on a team can be very beneficial, but the larger it gets, and these companies got real large, you hit a breaking point where that mythical man-month rule sets in, and you see significant decreases in productivity. So for these big companies, not only were they paying for more people, but they were in the end shipping less and potentially lower quality software. And I think you see that. Look at, um, look at Microsoft, for example. There have been periods of time where Microsoft has shipped, and let's be honest, some pretty fantastic pieces of software. Look at Windows 2000. My goodness. That was a good operating system. Had flaws. Wasn't open source. I agree. And I'm not just saying it because I worked on that one. <laughs> but it was an, an objectively quality system. Stable, fast, well-designed, at least for the most part. But when you add more people to the team, and it gets too big. And at that point, Microsoft and the Windows division was already very large. But it hit a breaking point. It got much, much too large. And several of the releases that came after that were laughably bad and performed horribly within the market. The, the, same, the same is true of, let's say, Apple. Apple has made some pretty amazing pieces of software over the years. Pretty spectacular. I mean, objectively good quality, interesting stuff. Even if you don't personally like the design, you have to admit that certain releases of macOS and some of their various application suites were pretty amazing. But then their teams get a little too big. And they threw too many engineers at a problem, too many, too many UX designers, too many project managers, too many, too many compliance people. And as that begins to add up, pro- progress on new innovation, on fixing bugs, it all slows down. And you end up with macOS releases that have significant file loss bugs and all sorts of problems like we've seen over the last several years. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't something that's unknown to people within the industry. They know this. So these companies are out there, big companies, and their job is to make money, to release great software, great services, great hardware with software running on top of it, and make money with it, which means they need to get to market faster, 
better with as few resources as possible. That's their job. That's the job of the CEO. And now they've had this explosion. I mean, look at the size of Google. I mean, what is it? Hold on a second. Let me bring this up again. Because Google is laying off 12,000 people. That's 6% of their workforce. Do the math on that and then throw up in a cup because it's crazy. That's, it's a huge amount of people. Now, granted, Google has a large number of products. But does it have that large number of products? Oh, my word. I mean, we're, we're pushing close to 100,000 people there. That's bonkers. No, no, no. I'm way off on the math. It's worse than that. Oh, my heavens. It's way over 100,000. That's insane. That's insane. That's a city of people working full time. There's no possible way that that is an effective use of that workforce. That's just, there's just no way it can't happen. As someone, I spent years as a, as a software executive over game companies. And then later on as a marketing executive in, in Linux companies and whatnot. And I'm telling you flat out right now, no way. There is no fancy footwork you can do with any spreadsheet with graphs and pivot tables and what have you that will make that, that huge, seriously insane number of employees make any sense for these companies for the type of work that they do and for how they monetize their products. doesn't make any sense. So all of these companies, they look at what Twitter just did. They look at what Elon Musk just did. He came in, he cut Twitter headcount by half. Twitter has been releasing new updates with new features faster than it had in the previous couple of years. Twitter, according to Twitter... Their overall usage of the platform is up significantly with faster growth rates than, again, over the last few years. So less people, less overhead, faster rollout, more user base. Now, those aren't the only things you need in order to have, you know, a successful company with profitability and all that. But just the same. If you're running Microsoft, Google, Salesforce, Oracle, any of these other companies, and you're looking at that and you're going, huh. And then you look down at your spreadsheet with your, with your 85,000 employees, with your 120,000 employees, and you're going hot diggity, honey, go get me the ax. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to chop, I'm going to put some, uh, uh, some positions on the chopping block. And this isn't a bad thing because it had to happen because the problem is that these companies have not been regularly putting large chunks of their, of their workforce on the chopping block for quite some number of years. Whereas the, many of them had previously in the eighties and nineties, they had, I hate to use the word cull, but <laughs> they, they called the herd a little bit. They, they'd cut down on their total overall number of, of headcounts in order to keep costs low. And by doing so, they trimmed off the least productive members of their teams. The ones that that act, that didn't really contribute to, to the bottom line in some way, right? 
So then, so now they're doing this and they're looking at all these departments. They're looking at all these projects and they're saying, okay, which projects are not profitable? Cut them. Which projects could be profitable if we just cut a few people and it would still function? All right, well, let's keep them, but then let's cut the people that aren't contributing directly to the shipping of the software or to the maintenance or support of the software, right? So if people are simply, you know, the 57th UX documentation person, they're probably going to get cut. For better or worse, that's what's going to happen. If they're, if they're uh, community engagement evangelists, they're probably going to get cut. Is there benefit to those sorts of jobs? Uh, some. But it doesn't directly contribute to the bottom line, so it needs to get cut. If you're an executive, that's what you're doing right now. You're looking to emulate what Elon Musk did at Twitter. Again, put all, put all politics aside. This is, this is about profit, right? This is all about profit. And they're looking to cut headcount, focus on the merit of each individual employee of what they contribute towards the thing that makes the company money, right? If, if an employee is extraordinarily productive, but in a way that doesn't bring the company money and the company doesn't need that person, well, they're gone, they might be the most brilliant person in the world. They might be tons of fun to be around. But if they're not contributing to the bottom line, toss them. Right? Let them go work somewhere else where they might contribute to the bottom line. That's what these CEOs are thinking. And this has been a long time in coming. And the benefit of all this is that in the end, and I talked about this a little bit in, in my article earlier in the week. Go, go read that if you haven't already. The benefit of this is that these companies are now going to be after the dust settles and after everyone is done being stressed because of all the layoffs. And layoffs are stressful for everyone, like top to bottom. It, if, if you've ever been laid off, you know how stressful it can be. If you've ever worked in a department that's faced layoffs and you didn't get laid off, you know how stressful that can, that can feel. I mean, heck, my, my, my wife hates it. Like she worked in a, in a wealth management company for a while. She was a software developer and she knew that, that layoffs were a coming, but she also knew for a fact her job was safe and it stressed her out to no end because she did not like working in that environment. So she ended up ultimately quitting that job just to go somewhere else. Cause she just didn't like the stress of it all. And I don't blame her. It is a stressful thing everyone feels the stress. The managers that do the laying off, man, they sweat buckets and they go home at night and have ulcers. The CEOs who make those calls, oh, they feel awful about themselves doing it. But it's also their job. It's their job to make those tough decisions. Everyone feels stressed. But once the dust settles, once everyone calms down, takes a couple of deep breaths, once everyone settles into the new the new situation of of who's on their teams what other teams exist uh what are, what's the size of the teams what's the distribution of labor what's the expectations like now and everyone's got their head focused and and set straight those sorts of environments are going to be a little bit more productive people are not necessarily going to actually be working all that harder Possibly even less hard because they can, their time they have can be better and more productive. Less 
TPS reports, less middle management meetings, less product design meetings, and more actually getting the darn job done so you can go home and hang out with your family. That's what it's all about. And those people who got laid off or who chose to quit because they didn't want to be around the layoffs, they're now going to be out there with with a couple of opportunities. They can either go to work for some of the other companies that are hiring, which are still a ton. There are a ton of companies hiring right now, big and small. Or they can start their own thing. Now, if they decide to go and start their own business, to go into their garage and start their own their own software company or what have you, they're probably going to fail. <laughs> That's how it works. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there a few times. But you know what? It's, it's an exciting adventure. And some of them will succeed. And the ones that will succeed will go on, at least in some cases, to hire some additional people. Which means there's going to be more opportunity for more people to be working in small to medium-sized companies. Working in small, ragtag, focused teams of cowboy engineers building something cool. Something different. Something that is not focus group tested by big tech companies with 700,000 bazillion employees. This is a win-win for everyone. It just really, really sucks to get through this phase. And the reason it sucks is because these companies have not been trimming the fat. At least not effectively. And not for quite some time. So it has built up. So in, now when we have to trim the fat, we're trimming 15 years of fat. And we're doing it in one year. Really, I think... Honestly, I think we're going to do it in about six months. Uh, judging from from say the the this last November through uh, March, and I think a lot of it is going to be between now and the end of February. It's going to be brutal. It already is fairly brutal. It, you can't throw a rock without hitting a news story about more layoffs, and that is not going to end. In fact, I think it is going to be a rarity that you and I turn on whatever random uh, social media or news site and we see a day go by without news of some sort of significant layoff from the tech industry or in just general big Fortune 500 type companies downsizing their tech departments. It stinks. But in the end, again, I want to make sure I'm very clear on this. The people the engineers that are going to be left are going to be the good engineers. They're going to be you and me, the people like us, not necessarily just the people with experience, but the people with a passion for it. Because in this sort of environment, the people who do not have a passion for this sort of thing, get out of the industry. They complain about it. They him and they haw and they whine. They go on social media and swear up a storm about it. But in the end, they're going to slowly transition themselves out of the tech industry because it's not for them. It's not what they're passionate about. So we're going to be left working with more people like us, more real nerds. And if you've worked in big tech companies in any reasonably sized department in the last 10, 15 years, especially the last couple of years, you know that a large portion of the people all of a sudden are not nerds. 
and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with not being a nerd, but maybe developing computer software is not the right place for someone who's not a nerd. They should be doing something that they love. <laughs> Let us nerds do the nerdy stuff. Uh, and that means th- that means those of us are going to be working with people that are going to be more like-minded, nerdier, better at their jobs. It means there's going to be less stress, less conflict in the workplace. It's going to be more like it was in the 80s and early 90s when, yes, there were problems. Yes, there were long hours. And yes, there was conflict. But I tell you what, it, it was n- it was nothing like it has been over the last 15 or so years. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Things are on the up. This needed to happen. And in the end, engineers will be happier. Us programmers will be paid better. Yes, paid better. Because the companies can afford to pay the good engineers better. Because they can pay the people who actually do the development. The good development that directly leads to producing the software. To maintaining the software. To shipping the software. They can afford to pay them what they're worth. And no longer is that budget going to be sucked up by people who want to have 47 meetings in a day. And write a lot of TPS reports. So it's a pretty good thing. Those of you who were affected by the layoffs, my heart goes out to you. I know it sucks. I know it sucks a ton. But the silver lining is as silver as it could ever be. We just have to get through between here and the end stage where the layoffs are done. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to predict around the end of February. So do your best. Find yourself, find yourself some sort of small to mid-sized company to work for. Get some consulting work going and lined up. Start your own company, whatever, you, or just take a little time off if you can afford it, and and wait it out. It's gonna be it's gonna be a okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about this a little bit today because it's there's gonna be a lot of people freaking, and looking at it from the point of view of someone who has I've laid off people. I've laid off large sums of people and companies before. I've fired individuals before, and. <clears throat> As someone who's been in, in every position from the very bottom most soft entry-level software tester up through the CTO level, I can say definitively that this needed to happen. It was obvious. It was a long time in coming. And the longer we waited, the harder it was going to be to correct all this problem. And And here we go. Here we go. It's off and rolling now. The cat's out of the bag. Uh, There's no, (laughs) the box has been opened. Pandora is out. We're going. So there's no point in fighting it. Give in to it. Embrace it. Enjoy it for the the chaos that it is. And on the other side, everyone will be a little bit happier. All right. All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me today. Uh, Again, thank you to all the subscribers. Thank you to all the subscribers for the Lunduk Journal of Technology and to the new publication, the Lunduk Journal of Conservative Nerdiness. Uh, Yes, we have two publications now, and it is glorious. Two publications with daily podcasts and articles and all that good stuff. So uh, go on over to lunduk.substack.com or lunduk.locals.com for all of the Lunduk Journal technology stuff and conservativenerds.com substack.com and dot locals.com uh for for all of that stuff uh two two completely different takes on technology one on the 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 pure nerdiness of it all and one on the more 
politicaliness of it all. And the pure nerdiness, we stay free from the politics, and the political one, we just embrace it. We embrace the utter chaos of the politics. But anyway, thank you again to everyone who supports the work that I do. That, that helps to make all this possible. You are, you are amazing. I hope everything is going well for you. I hope you get to do something this weekend that is crazy amounts of nerdy. Like, just so nerdy, it causes other nerds to hear about it, stop, and go, whoa, and podcast. <laughs>